Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac, and on this bonus episode, I'm joined by Cody from the Sharp Side of the Paranormal. Uh, he's a photographer, a paranormal investigator based out of northern Indiana, also a writer for Paranormal Alley Magazine. What's going on, Cody? Hello, Isaac. Thank you for having me today. Anytime I, I get a chance to talk to f- uh, f- fellow paranormal investigators or just fans and their, those involved in paranormal is always a it's always a good day. It is. I uh, I like to say that I live the paranormal life, not just love it. Uh, like I, there are several different aspects of my life that are all paranormal. Like I've got, you know, I do investigations, I do residential cases, and you know, I write for the magazine, and it's it. It takes up quite a bit of my time, and my wife is uh, annoyed with it. She's not. Uh, she's not dipping her toe in the paranormal. You know, she she loves uh, scary stuff. She loves horror movies. Um, actually, our my first ever paranormal investigation. We actually went as a date to the Indiana State Sanatorium um, with Ghost Hunts USA. So it wasn't our first date. We were already married at that point, but. No. It was our first. It was our first paranormal investigation together, and uh, it was quite a fun time. I screamed like a little girl. She was laughing at me the whole time. So she's the yin to my yang. Now, do you do um, like individual paranormal investigating, or do you have a team that you're part of? So that is a loaded question. But I had a, I did individual, and then I would like join up with different groups to to in their investigations and. Um, just recently, and what I mean recently, earlier this morning, was asked to join Above and Below Paranormal. Uh, they're based out of Maryland, but uh, they have decided to, they've got a couple of members that live in Ohio, so they're starting an Ohio chapter, and since I live so close to Ohio, I'm in Indiana, uh, they uh, they asked me if I would like to join. So I'm going to be joining them. That's good. That's awesome. Kind of a drive. And again, my perspective of distance is skewed. I don't know I, that geography of that area. Well, I live in Fort Wayne, Indiana, so I'm like 25, 30 minutes from the Ohio line. So it's really not that far. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. So it's, it, you know, and they've come to Indiana. Like, uh, they actually came to the Bell Mansion back in July. And I actually ended up joining up with them for an investigation there and, it was quite the fun time. So, Cody, um, one question I'd always ask everyone who's, you know, in the paranormal field as an investigator and stuff like that is how did you become interested in the paranormal to begin with? So I I actually had my first experience and it wasn't like a spirit or a ghost. Uh, I was 10 years old and I had a dream that my grandfather had passed away and then the next day, I get a phone call from my father. My uh, my parents were divorced, so I lived with my mom. And my dad called me to say that uh, my grandfather died. So that was like my first, like, clairvoyant event that I had. I, I wouldn't say it's clairvoyant, like, kind of like a psychic dream. I had a vision that that he died. And then I just started like reading ghost stories. Um, I grew up in Northern Ohio. So 
uh, there was a book, it's called Haunted Ohio, and it would go through different haunted locations and, you know, tell you about, you know, what the types of hauntings were. I just got fascinated by that. And then I started watching, um, you know, Ghost Hunters, fell in love with TAPS, and uh, got to meet Steve, you know, my junior year of high school. So, and then I just, I've always loved the paranormal since then. And how long have you been personally uh, investigating? So I have actually been doing that for a little over a year now. Um, my, Like I said, my wife and I, we went to a Ghost Hunts USA event. We'll, we won't talk about Ghost Hunts USA and how horrible they were. But uh, we actually had a good time at that event. And I uh, decided, hey, listen, let's, you know what? I I had great time. I want to share my evidence. I want to meet other people in the paranormal community. And I decided to start, you know, my YouTube channel, my social medias. And I've been on eight or nine investigations already this year. And with more in the in the wing for the rest of the year and it's it's fun it's it's really fun to to get out there and learn the history of these buildings and then um communicating with the spirits and hearing their stories i feel like i feel like when we die you know we we always want that before i mean as we're living we we always have that need for a connection and want to communicate with someone and these these spirits, I feel, are stuck in these locations, and they just want somebody to talk to. And when we go in there, you know, they're like, "Hey, somebody's somebody's here to talk to me. Let me, you know, you know, communicate with them. Whether they are they're nice or they're a jokester, or they're just straight up mean about it." And and I think that reflects how they were, in, you know, before they passed away. And um. In your investigations, what I guess position would you say you uh, say play? But what um, you say what what uh, what do you feel like is your 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 duty or job as the investigation? Do you take pictures? Do you handle the um, EVPs? Do you, do you strictly just do the investigations and stuff like that? Uh, it all depends on who I'm investigating with. Like I said, I've I've gone with different groups, so. Sometimes I'll be a camera operator. Sometimes I'll be the one asking the questions in the EV, you know, in the EVP sessions or the Estes sessions, or I'm the one that um, signs up to lock myself in a closet that's been known to have a lot of activity and do a solo in there. So I'm very versatile when it comes to investigating. Uh, last night I was, I'm working a residential case and it's a, it's a pretty dark one. And they have this spot in the basement where we're pretty sure um, bodies were buried underneath the house. And they have this like coal room and it's, it's like a basement and then it goes up and then it has like dirt. I climbed on top of the dirt and it's where we think that bodies may have been buried Uh, and I, you know, put cat balls and I had my thermal imaging camera up there with me. And I was up there asking questions why we did a, you know, a phasm box session. Phasm. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, um, it's, 
it's kind of are you familiar with like necrophonic or stuff like that the uh the voice app uh no i just i, I yeah i i use those apps every now and then but the i've never heard anyone call a spirit box or ghost box a phasm box or a phasm session or a ghost box session is that it's just a sorry that this that <laughs> that terminology kind of threw me off because i never heard anyone call it that before so it's the, it's an app, and I believe it's a Windows-based app. So like Windows-based tablets or Windows-based laptops. And basically, it, um, you know, it's a phonetic generator, I guess. And the spirits are said to be able to... I mean, it's kind of like an ovulus. Oh. So, but it's like computer-based, like on a computer or tablet. And, um, you know, it will respond... And there were points last night that uh, it said my name. It said Cody quite a few times. It said my partner's name, Doug, that I was working with. And it said the homeowner's name multiple times. Which is very crazy to hear. Interesting. I've done a few um, home investigations myself um, with uh, different uh, different places around the country, uh, specifically Canada, is where a lot of them we've been helping with before um, when it comes to those kind of cases. And those cases always get uh, a little dicey for the specific reason is because you know something is there and you're trying to find out why. And majority of the time, at least in my experience, the why is always of uh, nefarious reasons. Um, rarely, well, in my case anyway. Uh, I find a spirit that has gone to a house or say a house has never been haunted before. A spirit goes there just because it wants to communicate or share a message or something like that. Yeah, that's certainly not the case here. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's nefarious. It's a very nefarious reason we have. We have a very strong working theory and we're about 95 percent sure we're right with it. And, and I don't want to go too much detail until the case is over. Um, but it, it, it's dark and it, it really is affecting the family. I got, um, so last Sunday night, the mom called me at, it was almost midnight and she's like, there's something wrong with my husband. It is like taking over his body, like whatever spirit or entity is there. And, and I showed up and there's a completely different voice coming out of the dad than his normal voice. Um, saying very weird things that would not be what he would normally say. Um, and he was just tearing apart the house. And he actually chased after the kids. He chased after me. And we were, me and my partners, I, I, unfortunately I was solo. Um, I was on FaceTime with, a uh, couple of people from above and below, and we were able to uh, get the dad back into his mindset. Um, we feel that he has like psychic abilities and he's very, you know, a, a weakened state and he's open. So the he's challenging or he's channeling whatever entity is there. And it, the that spirit is like controlling him. And it's, it's it's a really dark spirit, and I wish I could say more about it. But like the working theory is, it's it's the spirit of a former serial killer. 
So yeah, it's 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 really dark. And it's it's graphic based on like because he's describing like he was describing like victims last Sunday night and like how he did it and where he did it, including their house. So yeah, it's I don't know if I want to do residential cases anymore because it's just like like you don't when you when people contact you and you're like they're like hey we're we're having some issues here that's not what you you think you think of like i don't know casper the ghost that's moving stuff around or you know a spirit that's you know messing with them you don't think it's going to be something that dark i guess uh cody um i don't know if magna will keep this party in or not i'll She'll listen back to the episode, whether she wants to edit this out or not. But uh, after the episode, after we're done here, uh, I need to discuss something with you um, about that case with him. Uh, something that I can offer help and the help that I will offer is unlike any help you'll ever get from anywhere ever. And I can bet a lot of money on that. Um, if it intrigues you, uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. But as of for right now, we're going to move on. Uh, with that, I know I just probably freaked you out a little bit, but no worries. No, 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 we're good. <laughs> um, now, in your uh, in your investigations that you've done, uh, what type of tools or method do you like to use in your investigations? I am a big fan of. I like the cat balls. I like putting out like trigger devices and just getting them to interact with them. Um. Like, I'm the type of investigator, you'll, you'll get those people that are like, oh, yeah, I just heard a door slam or something got thrown. And they get all excited about that. But if I get something that messes with my cat ball, like, I get super excited. Like, because you go on these investigations, you'll sit there for a couple of hours and nothing will happen. And then all of a sudden you have the slightest thing happen and you're you're excited. I guess that's the the the, the thing that people don't see about paranormal investigations, you know. You know, they watch these TV shows and it seems like it's, you know, an hour long or whatever long episode packed full of like all this stuff. But in all reality, that's probably like 5% of the whole whole night and the rest of it's quiet. Yeah, I've never, well, I, I don't really have much equipment on my team, so we really don't use much gadgets or anything like that. I've always been interested in like uh, REM pods and stuff like that to use those. But uh, my team, we're usually outside in our investigations and uh, it's hard to place something without getting affected by the, the environment or the elements. Um, so most of our equipment just really relates to uh, the psychics and mediums on my team uh, and basically them being our equipment. <laughs> That works. I mean, I I I do investigations with uh, psychics and mediums as well, and it's always nice to have that because, like, when something's happening, it's just another way to, I guess, debunk. Like, oh, did did you know? Was that just random EMF, or was that vibration in the floor that caused the cat ball to go off, or something like that? And then you have your your medium or your 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 psychic be like no there's something right there that's standing over top of it and 
it's it's nice to have another backup method to to you know corroborate your evidence i was about to ask that question but kind of not a half answer but i guess a part another part of that question is in the time you've worked with psychic mediums has it always been a um a good experience um as far as the investigations go yes as far as sometimes uh what we find out no <laughs> um like i mean i've been working with a psychic on this i got to go back to the residential case because that's i mean yeah so uh we've had a couple involved and it's just been yeah it's like like we need to we need the answers but you don't like hearing the answers most of the time you don't um uh when it comes to it getting exact yeah you suspect and then you got pieces of it evidence like using your good detective skills and trying to figure out what is there what the reason is and you're just missing that one piece and what the psychic tells you kind of fits in everything that was you were looking for and also filling in that one piece you might be missing but you're like ah, i don't really want it to be this because then that's gonna it's gonna be a bigger problem yeah and and, and i so I've done a couple of investigations at locations that are not like residential cases um, with with psychics and mediums. And to hear them say, you know, Cody, this is what is going on in this room. I'll, I'll use this as a, an example. There's a antique store that's about 45 minutes from from me. It's called the Shabby Owls in North Manchester, Indiana. Uh, it used to be a Knights of Pythias temple. And there's this girl, we think she's like in her late teens, early twenties, her spirits there. And we we've gotten her name, Sarah on, you know, like the spirit box, but also the psychics have confirmed that her name is Sarah. And we have caught uh, a pic. They've got a picture of her standing in that closet. So I, uh, I ended up doing an hour solo session inside the closet. I had a, I had a uh, IR camera in there with me. I had a, uh, I had a string of lights in there with me, and I had some cat balls in there with me. Uh, my IR camera died within five seconds of me starting it, and it had a brand new fresh battery. It just completely died, and right right before it died, you could hear like a like a scream. And and then I had my 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 spirit box going in there, and it said my name a couple of times, so it was quite an interesting quite an interesting session. I'd say so. It's always uh, profound when you hear your name, as if like they, especially if you haven't said it out loud, like you didn't say it during invest. No one called you by that when you were there at like no one said your name, and you show up and they automatically know it. Well, unfortunately, people, uh, we had said my name, like, or I said my name, but still to hear it through the spirit box, it's just like, how, how, like, people are like, oh, but it's scanning radio stations. But how often does a radio station say Cody? Like, not that often, not often at all. So, and to hear it multiple times in, in that hour period is a little crazy yeah 
Um, I have my own encounters with names being called, but it's not my 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 name, not Isaac. They always call me by um one of my six names. Uh which if you listen that that's like another question to ask before I go with <laughs> try to explain that one. Um how did you uh hear about the podcast? Um so I found you guys like on Instagram and I was like, oh I'm gonna start start listening to podcasts so my main job is i i work for a logistics company so i drive truck mm. so so i get the opportunity to sit there for multiple hours and be able to listen to podcasts instead of you know listening to the same songs over and over again i listen to podcasts you know i i want to learn i want to i want to hear other people's experiences in the paranormal community so when i'm when I'm, you know, driving, I, I flip on podcasts and I had found your guys's and I've, you know, been listening and I was like, you know what, I'm going to send them a message and see if I, uh, I can get on there and share my stuff. And and here I am. Awesome. Now, did you listen to the Shadow Walker series? I don't think I do. All right. Well, the six names would start making sense if it did. Uh, plus what I said earlier about the help, uh, would make more sense, but um, I guess after our discussion, after everything's over, uh, it'd make a lot more sense. But um, no, I have uh, names, uh, six names, six titles that I've earned over my time so far investigating that what sometimes some of those names get called and it really makes no sense of how, because it's not a common name to be said. Well, uh, one is Ashwatakanta. So when I hear that come over a spirit box, that is extremely surprising. Also tells me what is there is extremely intelligent because it's recognizing me, uh, you know, recognizing me for, I guess, who I really am versus, say, just Isaac. <laughs> um, though I, I do get Isaac every now and then, but that shows me when I'm dealing with intelligence, uh, I guess, haunting versus you know, residual. Um, but in your investigations, when you're doing stuff, um, what place have you investigated really left an impact on you? I would say uh, the Indiana State Sanatorium. And obviously that was my first investigation. I've been there. I've been there twice now and I'm actually going back again in, in October. Um, so the first time I was there, we, um, there's about 65 total people there, but this place is humongous. It's about a hundred thousand square feet of buildings that are on this 300, 400 something acres. And we, uh, we were in, we were doing these, uh, you know, rotations. So we went to the nursing home section and it was a sensor sensory deprivation. So it was in complete dark. And they separated us. They would put people in uh, doorways of rooms and they ended up putting me in the nurse's station. They're like, all right, Cody, you know, we'll put you, put you in here. And so in the nurse's station, there's this like linen closet and I'm standing there. And all of a sudden this door to this linen closet just opens up and like this white, misty nurse looking figure comes out of it walks right past me and then disappears and uh this is not my proudest moment as an investigator but i screamed like a little girl 
<laughs> I, I absolutely uh, screamed. And uh, you could hear my wife down the hallway just <laughs> laughing her ass off at me. It was it was pretty funny for her to to hear me scream. So they ended up the the two tour guides ended up moving me out into the hallway at the intersection of these four hallways in front of the nurse's station. And you know how your eyes get like accustomed to dark, so you can kind of see. Yeah. Well, six people witness six other people witness this 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 nurse figure come out of the nurse's station, come up to me. And put its hand on my left shoulder and then disappeared. Now, the funny thing was, is my shoulder, my left shoulder had been hurting. The next day, it didn't hurt anymore. So, mm. so, um, very crazy. And then back in April, so this was last July that, you know, July of 2022 that I went there. So in April, I went back. It was Easter weekend. And we're doing a dual Estes session in front of this nurse's station. And the one guy that was there had not heard that story that I just told you. We're sitting there. These two girls are, they got the, they, they got blindfolds on. They got soundproof, um, ear, you know, earplugs in so they can hear the, uh, the spirit boxes. But the guy said, hey, Cody, I don't want to freak you out, but I just saw this uh, white figure just walk behind you in the nurse's station. Because I was sitting right in front of the nurse's station. It's got glass windows that you can see into it. And he's like, this white figure just walked behind you. So the fact that he didn't know about that story and then saw a white nurse figure behind me freaked me out <laughs> it really did freak me out and it's it, it's it's stuck with me you know and then during that estes session we got some really intelligent responses i started taking pictures with my digital camera and one of the girls uh britney yells out pictures just pictures and i'm like oh no hell oh hell no so uh i was like do you want your picture taken and then they both Brittany and Lisa both responded no at almost the same exact time. And I was like, do you want us to leave? And they're like, yes, get out now. So we ended up leaving that por portion of the building and going to a different part of the building. But like, that was really freaky. And it seems like in front of that nurse's station, a lot of people have had experiences there. Um, even Project Fear had an experience. Like Dakota and Chelsea um, right in front of that nurse's station had an experience. So it's it's crazy when it happens multiple times to you, but then when other people go in there and have the similar experiences, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I would say so. Um, there's a lot of places on my bucket list I want to go to. Um, famous haunted locations I have yet to go to. Uh, but I remember that one specifically because I can't remember if Ghost Adventures went there. I feel like they did. I think when he said it, it came up. But it feels like a place they've gone to. Have they or not? I don't. I, I don't. I don't think Zach has been there, and I don't think the owners will allow Zach in there either. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, Zach is. I'm. I'm not a. I'm not a big fan of Zach. 
that's what I find with most parent investigators, at least most of us in the field, is that you either got something negative or something positive. He never it seems to be a neutral idea mind state with people. I particularly, um, I don't say I don't like him. I appreciate everything he's done for the paranormal community since the beginning. And he, most people in my age range in our thirties. Uh, the only reason we actually got into the paranormal is because watching ghost adventures and stuff like that. Um, I never liked ghost hunters much because they seem too arrogant about everything. And like, they didn't want to believe they just wanted to prove that it didn't exist. Cause though there were members on the ghost hunters team that were like, yeah, ghost are real stuff like that. And, and some others were like, no. And then it, it just, it made a good blend, but it never was, I don't know. It never struck an entertainment level. And I think it's what Ghost Adventures and Zach brought. But then, after you know how the sausage is made, i.e. being an investigator yourself, watching someone overreact to something that has been doing it for longer than you've been alive, yet you've only been doing it for two years, and seeing them overreact, and you don't react anymore, is like, oh, okay. I see now. It's, It's all a show. He's just putting on a show for something like a simple knock. He goes, ah! And us is like, oh, there's something over there. Let's go over there. <laughs> right. And then, like, yeah. how everything is a demon. Everything is a demon. And let's be honest, 1% of the time, a haunting is a demon or is demonic. Statistically, it it's about 1% of the time. But for him to, to say everything is a demon and then... There, there's locations that don't want to work with him because they don't want to get labeled, you know, oh, it's demonic or, you know, they know he doesn't. I don't know. I, I don't want to get off on that tangent of, you know, Zach. I just I'm not like, I don't know. I think he's a showman. He's yeah. like he's like, you know, Barlam, you know, I give it to him because. Ghost Adventures probably would never have got as popular if it wasn't for him. And he would, even if he did, was never a paranormal investigator, he would have had a, a plentiful career in some kind of form of entertainment because he, that's what he is. He's an entertainer. He knows how to talk to the camera. He knows how to work it. He understands how the production style goes work. He would, there's probably another reality out there where he's an actor. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but as I was, I always like to engage people's um, perceptive on it because that's why I've been, I've been, it's been 50 50 ever. Ever since I started talking to paranormal investigators, it's like they hate them or they like them. It's like either way, one or it's like so. It's always no. It's always good to know that that's that's that heuristic still stands. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I can't fault him. I mean, he's a businessman. He's he, you know he's he's making money doing that, and and, and it it works. So I mean, but it also gives a false sense uh, to the public of what paranormal actually is. But here's the thing. I, you know, I met Kalani Ghost Hunter yesterday, and I I asked him about people that, like, do it for show and stuff. And he had a really good response, and it it got me to sit and think, and and this is how I'm going to do it. If Zach Baggins, or Baggins, or whatever his last name is, brings people into the paranormal community and see how they do it and then go on YouTube or go to another show and they watch that and they can see, they can compare like, you know, Oh, that's, that's totally fake or whatever. Um, um, you know, if they come into the paranormal community and they're, they're interested and then eventually become paranormal investigators themselves, then that's a win for the paranormal community. 
Kalani, uh, cowboy hat guy, right? Yes. Yes. I, I think I've seen him on TikTok a couple of times. Yeah. 2.8 million followers on TikTok. I mean, that is, that is phenomenal. Like he goes to the, here's the thing. We, he, he does these live streams and he does free ones, but he also does subscriber ones and you can subscribe for like $6 a month. And, and I'm not going to, you know, promote, you know him but but here's the thing he goes to these locations where some people just can't go and um just takes them through these investigations and they get to see it in real time they don't have to deal with you know commercials on the tv they don't have to deal with the ads on youtube they're seeing this all happen live and and they get to participate so i i think what he's doing is great it's a it's a different form of investigations but as opposed to you know you go in with a team and you know you collect all the evidence and then you go review it a lot of the stuff they're reviewing in real time like oh did we just see something or you know we do um you know they'll they'll do an evp session they'll and they'll play it right back and be like well what did you hear you know and then the, the the chat will say, well, I heard this or I heard that. I, th- I think it's great. I think it's a, like I said, it's a different form of investigation than traditional method, but it works for him. And he's got a huge fan base that love him. And he, and he's just, he's genuine. And and that's the positivity I guess we need in the paranormal community is people that are genuine and actually have a love for it and not, I don't know bring people down no you have a good point and that uh leads me into something that i've always talked about with other investigators is that from what i've come to seeing or what i've what i've seen with most investigation teams either locally or on youtube or even on the you know you know you are at a major network is that there's three kinds of paranormal teams out there and the first two you've heard of the most the third you probably never have um First two, the first one everyone's ever heard of are cloud chasers. These are paranormal investigators who are just out there to get famous. They don't care about the investigation unless they're getting evidence. Uh, all they care about is getting the biggest evidence, the biggest stuff possible, capturing this, capturing that, and damn the spirits after they leave. They try to, that's, that's all they care about. Then you got the actual paranormal investigators who go in wanting to know what happens to everyone after they die. Well, why are you still stuck here? Why? What's the reason? What is the reason why you're still here? They get information. They collect evidence, yes, but their whole goal is to prove to everyone that this stuff actually exists. This world exists. Everything you've experienced as a child, the stuff that you experience even as an adult, you're not crazy. You're not insane. There's actually ghosts out there in the world and different kinds of spirits in the uh, spiritual realm all exist. And that's what your goal is as an investigator. And then there's a third class. And this is where um, I say you rarely heard of, because I've yet to meet another team besides myself that does this. My The third class is like my team. My team, our one specific goal in every investigation is to clear out all dark negative energy and help all the regular spirits cross over that want to. That's it. Other... Communicating, yes, to get wider, they're still there. Collect evidence if we can, but not our main goal. And because we are in that category, that's why we always stand alone, because I've yet to meet another paranormal team out there that 
doesn't care essentially about collecting evidence. All they care about is helping the spirits leave a place so they're not stuck there and then getting rid of all the negative energies. So, so if someone were to come back and investigate with whatever spirits that are left there, they at least have a easy form of communicating. Which it makes me wonder about you is that in your investigations you've done in the past, have you found a place or look investigator place or even a residential place that the human spirits that are there, right? Spirit on positive spirits that are there have a hard time communicating with you because there's a negative entity there that's preventing them from speaking. Like yes. bullying essentially in a way. Oh, absolutely. Um the uh the shabby owl or the the, the pythias temple um there is a a dark spirit there and we've been yet to figure out what it is um it um it will stop all like responses from other spirits so that girl sarah she will like disappear when this thing comes around like all of a sudden like the activity will just completely die and you know you're just sitting there like what is going on and it, it it's it and it's because of the dark entity that's there and we we have no idea what it is obviously it's a former um you know temple of uh you know a secret order and we all know that a lot of them do really shady things and dark stuff so <laughs> We don't know what's going on there. And I've I've been there twice and other groups have been in there and have, have experienced the same stuff. So you also you also get groped there. Uh, I was in the basement and I was going to sit in a chair and something literally grabbed my rear end. <laughs> and there was nobody behind me. And it wasn't like just a touch, it was like a full on squeeze. But there was nobody behind me when I was going to sit in the chair. I've only ever been grabbed once, but that was long before I was an investigator. <laughs> um, a hand reached out and grabbed me from underneath my bed. Uh, and this is the early days when me and my wife were dating um, because her house and every house she's ever lived in has been haunted. Um, but yeah, I found out that pretty quick about how haunted her place was when we first started dating. Cause, uh, and she was afraid about that. Like I would, she'd be, I'd be scared away, but like, Oh, you're dating the right guy. He's actually into the paranormal. So, um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's an, it's a strange sensation because it, it doesn't feel entirely like a person, but it feels enough like a person that make you think someone's actually there. It's it. Yes, it is absolutely weird. Cause like, it, you're just like, what is going on? And then, um, and then you look around and it's like, okay, that's weird. Like the first time I ever, ever had, um, you know, a physical touch was at Indiana state sanatorium and we're standing in this dark and like something grabs my leg and I quickly kick around, you know, like when something touches you, you like kick around trying to figure out, get whatever it is off you. But there was nothing there, nothing. No one was near me when this happened. And I'm like, what the heck? And I think, I think sometimes fear plays into it. Like the, the spirits can sense that you're, you're fearful and um, will actually, like, mess with you more than somebody that's not fearful, you know? Like, my wife, yeah, some stuff touched her, like, pulled her hair and, like, messed with her hair and stuff. But she wasn't fearful. 
me, I'm having stuff happen to me the whole night. I'm like, I'm, I'm touched multiple times, cat balls. At one point, they literally put a ring of cat balls around me because I was just having so much things happening to me and they would just go off. And it's like, why me? Why me? And they're like, because you're scared. And I'm like, well, yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a, I like, I did a TikTok the other day and, and it's true. It's like, you're not afraid of being alone in the dark. You're afraid that you're not alone in the dark. That's yeah. why you're, you're the fear of the unknown of the dark. And I, ISS is one of those places like it has such a it, it's such a beautiful building, but it's got such a tragic history. It was a, a tuberculosis hospital and then it became a nursing home where there was patient abuse. There was suicides. There was even a murder. Um, There was a murder suicide between two employees like there was patient abuse and all this stuff. So like there's there's light in some of the parts of the building, but then there was there's a lot of dark in that building too. And um, I ended up hearing, you know, we did an EVP session. They had a sanctuary and uh, we did an EVP session and I caught probably the most, the best EVP that I've ever caught at ISS. Um, And it's not even a voice. Uh, And if you want, I could play it for you real quick. I got it right here. Yeah, and that wouldn't mind. <laughs> yeah, so um, you're going to hear Lisa. She's the one that's asking questions. But uh, yeah, this I still don't know what this is. Now, before I tell you, I recorded it. It's Olympus Digital Recorder. So it's not mechanical in any way. There was nothing mechanical in this part of the building. Um, there's no electricity in the building. There were three other digital recorders going that didn't catch the sound and four cameras that were going that didn't catch this sound. Only my digital recorder caught this. So here it is. Did you catch that clicking noise? I heard nothing but silence. Really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, it really? It it like kicked it. Zoom zoom kicked it. It won't let me. I guess it can you hear it now? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Or is it is it not playing the audio? I don't think it's playing the audio. That's strange. I can't I, like I I can't barely hear. It. I don't know if you have a mic or recording system that that blocks out noise that's not your distinctive voice, right? No, I've never had issues with this this mic, but all of a sudden this thing popped up on the Zoom thing and it said, uh, "Are you playing music?" Oh, because <laughs> it's picking up the radio waves that are recording in the. Uh, no. I mean, I can I can share my screen and play the audio. That's that's not a problem because it's really good audio. That's that's the thing. It's let's see, videos got it right, right here. Let's see, maybe if my computer wants to share screen. Oh, never mind. It says you got it disabled. Disabled. Yeah, it says says host disabled participant participant screen sharing. Well, shoot. Oh, okay. Here we go. All right. Let's see. Share screen. It's not working. Oh no. Oh well. 
<laughs> it's, it's really good audio and now it's 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 not it's not letting me play it uh, i i i i can send you the link yeah if he sent us a link i can see if i can put it on um share it on our page it's 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 just it's so basically it's this mechanical clicking it it almost sounds like a it's like a d wave of audio and like something's trying to manipulate like the recorder itself uh i've heard clicking before through evp but it sounds like um like like um like almost wood uh wood blocks clicking together right so it's like it's more of a mechanical clicking yeah that we figured out what the the wood clicking is um uh lead i call him lead psychic he's the elder psychic because he's older than us uh (laughs) he uh he calls it a hoodoo um which is a uh, form of uh, of a demon. Uh, it's a natural, uh, not natural. What, what is correct? Uh, a demon attached to a some of the practitioner of the dark arts, so uh, a lower level one. But when we've heard clicking sounds like that, there's always something dark that always comes with it. So he has been, yeah, he's been ten out of ten with uh, every time we've heard that and with, with what's going on. But um, I hear mechanical clicking. That reminds me of. Uh, uh, like sometimes we get not say feedback, but sometimes we get things through the SS method, or say we're using necrophonics and we hear something come through the waves. It doesn't sound human, as he puts it. It sounds mechanical, or he says sounds alien. So you might have caused something that's outside the normality. <laughs> yeah, I've had other people listen to it, and they um, wild and weird uh west virginia listened to it and they're like that's one of the best mechanical sounds we have ever heard as an ev uh, on an evp so like um yeah go listen to it when you guys get a chance and let let me know what you think it is i i like i said there's no electric in this building and there's there's there was nothing mechanical moving when when i recorded it but my iphone uh, and my camera that we're recording right there did not pick it up, but my recorder did. So I, I don't know. I really don't know. When we had a lot of cat ball activity, we ended up having a lot of um, REM pod activity in that room as well. So it was pretty, it was pretty interesting. That'd be interesting. Oh, sorry. It would have been cool to hear because you've been the first person to actually share an EVP versus us actually capturing one during the episode. Because uh, I don't know if other podcasts are known for doing this, but for some reason, uh, majority of the podcasts that we've recorded, there's always seems to be EVP somewhere in the episode, um, either from the person I'm recording with or from our side. Uh, it's happened a lot in the early days of us recording, not so much anymore, but every now and then something seems to pop through. So that would have been the first of actually someone planning an EVP versus us capturing one. <laughs> I, I still don't know why my. I don't know what it is. It, uh, I mean, I could try it again, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's Zoom just getting mad at me or. It may be able to recognize the radio waves of like recordings and stuff like that. Someone's trying to play something through a speaker and then it cancels it out because of copyright issues. Mm, 
Yeah, I it's 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 crazy though, and it's it's one of my it's my video with my most views, and <laughs> it's uh it's only a minute and twelve twelve seconds long. It's got six hundred and fifty six views, so I'll take that as a win. But yeah, uh, you know, I I got excited when I like I heard that. I'm like, what is that noise? I think that's the most fun that I have in paranormal investigating. It's not actually investigating. It's when you're going back through all your evidence and reviewing it. And then you're like, I did not catch that. <laughs> Why I was there. So, but we, that whole night was crazy. We had stuff, you know, I caught that EVP. Like we had stuff keep dying. My digital camera, uh, we were in the, are you familiar with the human pendulum method? Yes. So we were in the middle of doing human pendulum and it was my turn. And all of a sudden my digital camera that was off decided to turn on and start making mechanical noises, which it was recording in the, or this happened in the same building that that EVP was caught in, which was part of the old, the original sanatorium that was built in the early 1900s. So I don't know if that's just a coincidence or rather something in that building that's messing with the energy and messing with electronics. Uh, possibly either one. We always know that uh, spirits and stuff like that can mess with electronic devices by absorbing the uh, electric energy from them, therefore emitting EMF energy. But I'm still on the fence around whether we measure spirits and EMF energy or not. But because spirits get picked up with EMF detectors, technically they're considered as, which until technology is made that properly can measure them and then we can get a proper um, usage or a proper description of what the actual energy a spirit makes up, then uh, we use a different terminology. But yeah, for now it's EMF. Uh, but on that, um, what is your personal philosophy on the supernatural? Like what do you feel? Um, or what is your, your hope when it comes to investigations? Like what, why better question? Why do you investigate? I go because I go for the history of the buildings and I love hearing the stories from the spirits themselves uh, communicating. Sometimes I have better com- uh, better conversations with spirits than I do actual people. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I just like hearing what they want to be communicated. You know, I, I said it before. We, we all long for that communication or that connection. And a lot of these spirits are just like, you know, lonely. So us as paranormal investigators, you know, going in there, communicating with them, um, you know, helping those that can cross over, cross over. Because um, I've done that. We did that at the the uh, residential case that I'm working on. There was about 13 spirits at this house. Um, and now there's only one. And it's it, it's that dark spirit. And we're, we're working on getting rid of it. We have um, a medium that's going to be coming um from Maryland to to help take care of that for us that's part of the uh part of the team so um yeah it just you know helping it's almost like we're helping out 
both the living and the non-living when we go to a residential case because we're helping those spirits get closure, but we're also helping the family get closure as well. And what is your hope for the future of the paranormal? I would like it to be taken seriously. I, I, I mean, I I don't know, because people just think it's a joke or they're skeptic or, or whatnot, like any other science. It's a science, you know, it's a form of science. And, you know, energy cannot be created or destroyed. So when we die, what happens to our energy? It just doesn't disappear, you know? So, I, you know, I would like, I would like answers. That's why I do this. I want answers to know what happens when we die. You know, what happens to our energy? I, you know, so I would like, you know, more positivity in our community, less drama and more realizing that we're, we're we're technically scientists as paranormal investigators we're scientists and we need to we need to treat it as such and not as a joke as a lot of people do or are a or an entertainment yeah it's entertaining watching some of these investigations but also bringing back the evidence sharing the evidence you know, sharing it with other experts in the field. And, and honestly, there is no, ac- when I say experts, there are no experts in paranormal. There's just people that, you know, have been more seasoned and have experienced more, but that doesn't make them experts. Because what I believe in the paranormal field may be different than what you believe in the paranormal field. We need to come to, like, I, I get. This is a tough one. We need to we need to come with a like a benchmark standard of what things are because what I think is a demon might be different than what you think is a demon and then the next person thinks it's a demon. I don't know. Well, well it's, uh, <clears throat> it's a good perspective I have. And yes, I always my hope for the future is uh that it gets taken seriously on a scientific level so it can get studied Um, and new technology can be created and invented to help us better map better um, I guess classify uh, different entities out there even the um, the uh, spiritual world and stuff like that so we can essentially stop theorizing and have more you know hard evidence and hard proof of what is actually out there because um, a lot of stuff that you can experience that can't be seen or, or heard, but you felt it, and trying to prove that is <laughs> near impossible. So, um, unless you get lucky with some kind of evidence you might collect and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, and then there's people that fake evidence. Like they go into these legit haunted buildings that that. Um, have been well documented but then they go in there and then they fake it and it's like why you don't have to do that you do but again it goes back to uh the ratings and being an entertainer yep and you'll get that in any any field there's always an entertainment factor but it gives people like i said the false 
false perspective of what the paranormal community actually is. Well, Cody, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I appreciate this uh, conversation. Uh, where can everybody find you? Well, you can find me on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram as the Sharp Side of Paranormal. Um, you can also uh, find me. You can find my stories in Paranormality Magazine. It's paranormalitymag.com, or you can you can subscribe to our digital edition, or you can even get a printed uh, copy of the magazine mailed to your house every month. And it's it's printed on a very good quality paper. It's not like some cheap stuff. So um, I've got a couple of good articles coming out. Uh, real quick, I'll plug them. Uh, I got my interview with Kalani that's coming out next month, um, as well as another story with the uh, the origins of or the inspiration to the beginning of the movie Jeepers Creepers with Justin Long, where they get chased by that truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's based on a true story. It, it's pretty crazy. And um, the the murder victim was actually my dad's guidance counselor in high school. So, yeah, so it's a personal connection. And then I'm doing a story on uh, which will be our cover story in November is women breaking down the gender roles in the paranormal community. Oh, I feel like that. <laughs> I'll, our our magazine, the owner, the editor in chief, is a is a female. Um, so it's it's nice to work for a female owned business who really believes that women can be better paranormal investigators than men. And and I I I've personally seen that. But you real quick, you look at these TV shows. I mean, you got Project Fear. They've got one female. Uh, Ghost Hunters has got one female. Ghost Adventures doesn't have any females. Other shows don't have females, but they have like one or two. Like, why aren't there shows that are all female teams or, you know, or whatnot? Why aren't they being pushed? So I don't know. I think I think women can be better investigators than men sometimes because they're they're more and don't take this the wrong way. They're like motherly. So they're more empathetic. I guess, as opposed to men, where we can be brash and like, you know, push offy. So I think they can better connect to spirits than we can. I don't know. All I know <laughs> is that's going to be my article for uh, two articles in November about that. So, yeah. Awesome. Stuff to look forward to. All right, Cody. Appreciate your time. I appreciate yours. Thank you. As always, we'll catch your weirdos in the next one. Mom.